podcast. I am, as always, J.B. Steyer Johnson, alongside my terrific co-host, my brother, Eric Steyer. Eric, welcome back. Yep. Glad to be here. Yeah, it's it's good to be here. You know, it's it's a little bit more fun after a win. But hey, the the great thing about a season is that it's more than four games, right? So there's obviously some disappointment as far as this past weekend goes. We can just get right into it. But um, ultimately, like if you looked at this point in the season and you said, Hey, going into week five, you're going to be three and one. I think that, I mean, I personally would have, would have taken that proposition. I think no questions asked. Yeah. I mean, you had the two games against SEMO and Ohio that pretty much everybody expected you to win. And so at Iowa home against Baylor, two good teams, one on the road, one at home. Going one-on-one, I guess, yeah, you'll take it. I mean, obviously, after you win the first one, you want to get greedy and go 2-0. and But I guess overall, still not in a terrible spot. I'm guessing if you were to ask most people before the season where I would say it would be through four games, I'm guessing most people would say 3-1 and one or 2-2. Two and two, So Yeah, that's that's the thing is that it's it's hard because you, you start off 3-0 and and you just want to say, okay, well, why not just keep winning? But... I mean, you got to kind of keep it in perspective that you're playing a team that was picked first in the Big 12 that will certainly be very near, if not atop the Big 12 when we get to the end of the season. And so that's that's a tough way to open conference play for sure. Yeah. And when you think about last year, it's the same start basically with Iowa and then Baylor being the first conference game. So, and you know, and you were two and two last year. So it's an improvement from last year already. And I'm looking at the schedule from last year, and then it's kind of weird. The first three conference games were Baylor, then Kansas, then Kansas State. So exactly the same as this year. Someone decided to just, like, copy-paste it. (laughs) Yeah, basically. I mean, for the first three games, at least. I mean, it's weird. Like, I feel like that can't be a coincidence because I just feel like the chances of that happening by chance two years in a row, just chances that aren't very good, but who knows. Yeah, that is actually really bizarre. I hadn't connected the dots on that one, but... Weird. Well, I mean, and especially, I mean, I will say like it, it's different this year, obviously, because Kansas is a very different game. We'll get into that later. But um, to have it in the same order, all that, it, it it's interesting. Like T- I, TCU is the last game of the year last <laughs> year, too. So, well, yeah, there's I mean, I don't know. I feel like you you want to move things around just because why not? But at, at a certain point, like if it works out that way, then whatever. But that is that is really quite strange. I wonder, I, w- I would have no idea what even goes into making a conference schedule. So I wouldn't even be able to begin speculating as to how something like that happens. But that is really bizarre to have four of your nine conference games in the same slot in consecutive yeah. years. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I have no idea what's hmm. up with that. But interesting, very interesting. Okay, well, I, as far as like the Baylor game goes, I do think that kind of an interesting thought experiment was something that I was talking about after the game, which is it's tough to open that way. But would you rather play a really good team, a potentially number one or number two team? 
early in the season before they maybe have everything figured out or later in the season when they have more things figured out, but you yourself maybe have some more figured out. And so I think that a lot of that comes down to each team's potential ceiling. And so obviously Iowa state didn't come out on top in this one, but I still think that I would prefer to have them earlier in the season because I think we had a better chance there as the season goes on. I think they're only going to improve. So I can't really hate that spot too much, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to tell because Iowa state's really not been good in conference openers where they've only won one conference opener since Campbell has been here. And that was the COVID season. So we're, I don't know people want to dismiss that or whatever, but um, I mean, Iowa state, they've really struggled in conference openers. So I guess if you're going to lose, you might as well lose to one of the top teams. But I guess on the other hand, maybe part of the reason that we've struggled in conference openers is because it seems like we always open up with a really tough opponent because yeah. last year we opened up with Baylor and then, uh, 2019 we opened up at Baylor and 28 <laughs> 2018 we opened up with Oklahoma with Kyler Murray True. and so like I don't know if it's really a matter of Iowa State really struggling in the conference openers or if it's just they get the, a bad draw where they draw one of the top teams in the conference opener every year yeah it's it's a team that maybe you'd and and it very well could just be a function of who they play. But if you do look at that pattern and you say, well, maybe the opener isn't going to be your best, which it probably isn't either way, but it'd be interesting to play one of those like top teams, but have it be, you know, your second game or your third game. But yeah. unfortunately, like we're going to get into in a little bit as well, there's not really a good team to have be your first game because the big 12 doesn't really have any gimmies anymore. But again, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. Like you want to point at something and say, well, th this is the reason or, you know, you, you want to try to introduce a lot more logic that I think can be determined from games sometimes. Yeah, it's it's t I mean, Iowa State, they've struggled in September with Iowa and all that. But this year you beat Iowa and you still lose conference opener. So uh, some, sometimes, you know, maybe we're just looking for a pattern that isn't really there. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's kind of an interesting spot to be in. But hey, at least we get to see if maybe we can continue uh, to have a Brocktober brought to us by a different player this year, right? <laughs> Gyro, yeah. Gyro Brocktober. Yeah. And looks like he's hopefully, you know, feeling okay after a little bit of that scare on uh, Saturday there. But it was nice to see him come back into the game for sure. All right, let's let's do just like a kind of a quick rehash of anything real interesting, important, noteworthy from Baylor. You know, we've kind of discussed the positioning and whatever on the schedule of that. But um, I think that one of my favorite things that came out of Saturday was to finally see Jalen Knoll kind of break out a little bit, do what he's really seemed capable of doing all along, but um, Baylor obviously had a, a, a solid defensive plan there. And so kind of covered up some of the other targets that you'd be looking for. And all of a sudden it propels Noel to over a hundred yards in the game. And I think, I mean, we've said this all along that once you start getting some other targets beyond your number one, beyond your 
you know, Hutchinson, it's, it's certainly a positive. And so personally for me, I've been just kind of waiting for him to have that kind of game for Noel to have that kind of game. So it was nice to see that come against a really solid opponent as well. Yeah. I mean, ideally you'd like to see it come maybe earlier in the game because it, I mean, almost over half of his yardage just came on that at the end there when Iowa state was in comeback mode. So, I mean, it's still nice to see him, you know, make those big plays at the end where it, I mean the game was still was still possible for Iowa State to come back and win. So it's still nice to see those plays. But you know, hopefully he can build on that and maybe have some of those big pit plays earlier in the game as well in the upcoming games. Well yeah, I mean I think that there certainly is an argument that those plays need to be looked for more earlier in the game because you're kind of sitting there nickel and diamond them. And we talked about this last week. Like this is a team that you're probably going to have to just be really steady. You're not going to be busting a ton of really huge plays against a really disciplined team like Baylor. But at the same time, like look for a little bit longer throws, look for a little bit bigger plays once in a while, you know, throw the long pass. If it doesn't get there, at least it means that, the defense has to account for the possibility of it occurring and you can't make the throw if you don't take it. So I would certainly like to see that looked for a little bit more earlier because like you said, you know, it it came in comeback mode, but I think that there's certainly a place for that to exist a little bit more before we get to that point. Yeah. I mean, and part of it is you get sacked four times. So maybe you don't have, you need the time to be able to get it down there. So maybe they were looking for it more and they just couldn't get it off. Who knows? Yeah, that's that's certainly very true. So obviously it'll it'll just kind of depend upon the defensive team that you're facing, but um, would would certainly like to think that there's more potential for that further down the line. Another receiver had a really nice game, uh, Dimitri Stanley, who I mean, really, I haven't heard talked about. I personally obviously haven't. I don't think said his name on the podcast once, but um came out had a solid outing with his 55 yards but had the touchdown and really on one drive had a really great catch for the 24 yards it was and then ended up with the touchdown I believe on that same drive so just nice to continue to see people popping up doing what needs to be done when you know it Xavier Hutchinson doesn't get to fly under the radar. Like not that he really was coming into this year, but especially the way he started off the season. If you can find other people to continue to produce as well as maybe take a little bit of the pressure off of him, you know, say, Hey, there's other people that you're going to have to defend. I, I mean, that's obviously only a positive for the Cyclones. Yeah. And Stanley, I don't, he didn't play against Ohio. So it was nice to see him come back healthy this week. I don't know if, it was injury or maybe I saw something about an illness who knows, but um, it was nice to see him come back. Yeah. He had a solid game, probably his best game so far as a cyclone. So yeah, that was really good to see someone else step up as well. Yeah. I mean, especially like you said, to come back and to have been out and you've got someone who, you know, he's old, he's a redshirt senior. And so he's been around the game of football. You know, he's, he's not exactly uh, new as far as being in and, playing and whatever but it's it's nice to see him like really stepping up here for the Cyclones so certainly good there um less less positive I think was the defensive showing um 31 points not terrible but it just felt like we couldn't get anything going like just really really struggled to string together stops 
gave up big plays when they really needed of it. And, and for a team where we felt like, okay, the defense is something you can generally rely on. Obviously Baylor again is, is a very, very solid team, very well coached, but man, it just felt like the defense was not clicking on Saturday. Yeah. I mean, it's just, you feel like you're fighting uphill battle because you know one of your best players gets ejected on the, one right. of the first plays of the game. So that affects things. And, you know, I was just thinking about it. Like, it's kind of weird, like the ejection rule where Iowa State, you lose a guy on one of the first plays of the game. So you lose him for all four quarters where if then if you lose a guy, like, say, at the end of the second quarter, then it, they miss the second half. But basically you lose him, you lose him for two quarters. Right. And so there's just it's not always equal. So it really hurt Iowa State. It was a basically a four quarter ejection for Bo Freeler. And um, so that really hurt. And I mean, even just, I guess, thinking about it, if you get ejected at the end of or at the start of the third quarter, then it's a four quarter ejection. But if you get ejected at the end of the fourth quarter, then it's two quarter ejection. So it's just, it's kind of weird to think about that. But yeah, that obviously hurt Iowa State. I think Baylor really attacked that, um, that position on Iowa State after he was gone. I mean, I don't know specifically, but like the double reverse pass, like, the safety gets pulled in. Maybe if he's at safety, he doesn't get pulled in. Mm. Who knows? And then um, just, they had that deep throw down the middle that, you know, maybe he's there. Who knows? Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. And just some of the running plays, a long run for the touchdown that they had. Who knows? Maybe he's good at stopping the run. So maybe he's there to stop that. It's all just kind of a what if game because we'll never know. But it would have been nice to see him in there. And then just, you know, I think it was covered quite a bit on social media and things like that but the penalties against Iowa State to start the game I'm sure it's kind of demoralizing if you're the defense where you have two penalties that go against you that on the first drive that you probably don't feel were really justified and then you know the one is you get a big sack uh, would have been like a loss of 10 or 15 yards and instead it's a 15 yard penalty against you on the little shove across the middle for unnecessary roughness and then so that leads to a touchdown, and then later in the half, you know, the questionable block below the waist <laughs> would be fourth and seven. Would have been fourth and seven, so it either would have been a long field goal or you know a chance to stop on fourth and seven, and you end up giving a touchdown on that drive. But I mean, I guess part of part of it is too, you know, things will go against you. You still have to be able to fight through it and get a stop, even um, even after those things go against you, because you know even on that first drive there is either one or two fourth downs where you could get off the field and they converted for uh, first downs and touchdowns. So just kind of stuff like that. Yeah. That's the thing is that, I mean, obviously there's this whole stereotype that well, Cyclone fans only talk about refereeing. I mean, that's sure. Maybe occasionally, but that's not even, I don't know. It's, I wish that we didn't have to, you know, like when you look at, the reasons why it comes up like sure maybe things get blown a little bit out of proportion sometimes because well absolutely things get blown out of proportion because that's what fandom does but there's also like an objective aspect to it where it's just like yeah you're a little sensitive to it because there have been times in our history that there have just been such blatant things you know you don't get an apology wall for getting nothing but good calls you know so yeah 
it's it's tough and and that's the thing is that it was weird because going into like the fourth quarter I said well you know at least we aren't gonna have to just blame the refs for this one because we've done plenty of things to hurt ourselves as well and so ultimately that did end up being true you know Iowa State obviously could have helped themselves more throughout the course of the game but what it ends up being a one score game and again like you don't even need to get into like the tally marks of who got what call because sure that was a very bizarre way to get Iowa State's you know second half touchdown back on the board by having it be the touchback but then oh no he recovered it like that's obviously strange as well and if you're a Baylor fan you're probably saying that that call was wrong too so oh it all evens out and whatever but at a certain point you just wish that you could watch a game and just not have that cloud of officiating hanging over your head especially in an era where you have the aid of replay where things are generally supposed to be able to be right like to just not even review plays that would warrant it and then to review things that just seem to be nothing it just it gets old and I'm not even going to give it any more time because it's not worth it like it's just not a productive or entertaining conversation but I wish it didn't have to be brought up like I desperately more than anything wish that we could just not discuss the officiating but it you know it is what it is big 12 reps are a meme for a reason and I hope that maybe it gets better as the season goes on and it's just kind of a like a butterfly effect sort of thing. Like um, you're down 31 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. So people are probably like, well, why are you complaining about anything? You're losing by 17. But mm-hmm. you just think like, okay, you're, if your best or one of your best players doesn't get ejected, how does that affect the game? Or if say, you know, you get that sack on the first drive and there's not the flag and mm-hmm. you get the stop and make them punts on the first drive. Is that affected? Or, or they get... have a defensive player ejected for doing the exact same thing. Yeah. You know? Twice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but um, so it's just, yeah, you just kind of wonder like how things may be different if you go into half up like 14 to 10 or something like that, instead of d- down 17, 14, you just kind of, just kind of, wonder how it may affect the game but you'll never know and um yeah i mean baylor still looked really good so even with those things do you where you there's a good chance that baylor still wins too so yeah I mean, it's just kind of you you want to you want to know how it would have ended you know if those things yeah maybe let me go happen, back in the simulation never to know. play it out but yeah yeah it's it's tough and i mean ultimately like i i was impressed with the way that iowa state bounced back to keep fighting in the fourth i thought the third quarter was really, really rough. Um, it it really looked like it was pretty much downhill from there. So for Iowa State to come back and to score a couple times in the fourth, even if it maybe wasn't the, the pretty in the prettiest fashion, um, certainly a positive to see that no one's quitting there. Um, and and they they know that there's a lot of Big Twelve season left. So uh, certainly was happy to see all that. Um, and then, hey, as far as like not really a, a major negative, no huge special teams errors. Um, I mean, not that it was maybe an, a terrific performance, like maybe not that it was a huge plus, but you're not 
really shank and punts. You're not getting anything blocked. No blocks. Yep. That's that's a that's a big success as far as I'm concerned. Shaking things up a little bit, you know, going with the new punter there. So it, I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm glad to see things continue to evolve, to improve in that capacity there. So, um, you know, obviously you don't want to play the the moral victory game and that's not what I'm doing at all, but it's early in the season. You can point at things and say, Hey, you did these against a ranked team to keep it close. You have to think that that at least bodes well going forward into the rest of the season. Yeah. I mean, the punting was probably the protection was the best that we've seen all year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Baylor was really going after the punts like we saw maybe from other teams, but you know, maybe it's just the fact that we were protecting better. So it was good to see the punting unit be able to protect well and get some good punts off. And um, the field goal unit was good. I mean, nothing really to complain about there. So it nothing. You, the less you notice about it, I feel like yeah. the better. So, I mean, there is everything is clean. So that's good. Yeah. Not much to talk about. And as far as mm. Iowa state goes, like that's, that's really kind of what you would hope for. Like, obviously maybe someday we'll, we'll talk about the incredible special teams play, you know, that, Oh, Hey, remember when they did that. But in the meantime, like I'm cool with just not having anything of note. <laughs> yes. I agree. All right. Well, speaking of things being of note, terrible transition. I wish I could undo it, but I'm not going to go through the effort of editing it. Hey, you know what? Uh, Home field, really big week, really big week for the 1012 network and our friends over at home field because they have put together a really really cool promotion for um, us here at the Cyclone Family Podcast and the entire 1012 network. They are holding 1012 week. It's an actual page on their site. It says 1012 week. This is legitimately our deal here, folks. So Homefield has gone through and hand selected uh, a shirt from each of the current Big 12 schools. So all current all 10 current Big 12 schools, unfortunately not the four that are joining um, as much as we usually promote them, just because of stock issues, things like that. Uh, we are going with the current teams, but there is one shirt from each of the current 10 teams that are available for a 15% discount. I know you are used to hearing about the 15% discount off your first purchase with our code. That's not the case this week, friends. This week, it is 15% off of all 10 of these shirts, no matter whether this is your first purchase. It's if you've purchased from Homefield a dozen times before, if you've purchased from them never, you are going to be able to get 15% off of each of these shirts. Um, hey, look, they're they're really great. Even if you're a Cyclone fan, there's going to be some other ones that are real tempting, um, even if it feels a little bit weird. I have a particular um penchant for the TCU option it is the horned frog with the like furry pimp coat um it's it's about as good of a shirt as you're gonna find but for our selection the personal cyclone selection it is actually one that I have held off on ordering for a while so I will finally be making another order this week it is the cyclones basketball tee if you recall this past basketball season they released it is gold it says the cyclones it's got the vintage basketball sigh 
it is like my really very favorite logo that Iowa State has ever done. Um, so go ahead over to homefieldapparel.com. They've got all the great merchandise. You know that if you've listened to the show before. Um, but this week especially, you've got 10, 12 week. I will tweet a link, but otherwise, um, if you just search 10, 12 week on Homefield site, it's going to bring you to the page with all of the options. I'm breaking my usual rule of not editing because I'm lazy and cutting this uh, little clip in here because, hey, I completely screwed up when I initially did the home field read. I didn't know what the code was for 10-12 week. Turns out it is exactly that. 10-12 week. T-E-N, the number one, two week. That's what's going to get you 15% off of all 10 of those awesome t-shirts for this week. Uh, and this week only, all right? By midnight uh, Sunday, well, okay, so 11.59 on Sunday, October 2nd, these deals will be no more. So if you're hearing this, just go do it right now. Because if you're like me, you'll forget, and then you'll think about it the next day. And it'll be unfortunate. So 10, 12 week, T-E-N, 1, 2, week, W-E-E-K, just in case. Home field apparel, 10, 12 week, do it. Please support if you've been holding off on ordering any home field shirts or especially that Cyclones basketball one. Uh, it would really, really mean a lot to us and the network if you would support this promotion. A uh, huge shout out to Homefield for offering that to us. So once again, homefieldapparel.com. You're going to go to 10, 12 week and you're going to go pick up that Cyclones basketball t-shirt because it's coming, folks. We're going to have to have an episode to address that here pretty soon, maybe in another week or two. But uh, you'll want to be prepared for basketball season there. All right. Well, tough one last week. But like I said, the great thing about a season is that it's not just one game. It's not just four games. You've got a whole heck of a lot of time left in the season. Now, the unfortunate thing is when you're looking at the calendar, you don't really get to circle one and say, well, at least we have that one to look forward to because in the past, that would be this coming weekend. You would say, hey, opening week, that was tough, but at least we've got to go beat Kansas this week. Not the case anymore. Kansas rolling into... Uh, their second Big 12 game of the season, obviously a little bit different order because they played that second week West Virginia game. They won in double overtime. They're coming in undefeated 4-0, and it's just a really, really different look to this Kansas program, really different vibe to it. And with Kansas not bringing up the rear, there's not really any gimme games left in the conference, which is good for looking good as a conference and strength of schedule and all that fun stuff, but not great if you're just looking to have a couple guaranteed wins. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, first I'll just start by saying that Kansas got robbed of a ranking this week. They should mm -hmm. be ranked. I don't know why they aren't ranked. I think it's just because it's because they're probably Kansas. because people are like, Oh, well it's Kansas. So they can't be good. They must but have just can... not beat anyone or done anything. Like it must be a function of something outside of their team, which is an unfair I attitude. Mean, to yeah, have. Their resume is better than a whole bunch of teams that are ranked, but yeah, just because everyone just says, Oh, it's Kansas. So we aren't going to rank them, which isn't There's fair. There's a lot and... of voters that don't put enough 
I'll say because otherwise I'd say any thought into their rankings and it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of biases and things like that, but I saw somewhere a post, someone talking about like Ole Miss is ranked even though their best win was, I don't know, like Tulsa or Georgia Tech or something like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I I, I do feel bad for Kansas because I know as an Iowa State fan, I hope that they don't get ranked after this week because I hope yeah. that we win the game. But I mean, I, I do feel like they deserve to be ranked. So, I mean, I hope for their sake that we can be in this week and then they can go rattle off a few more wins and get into the top 25. But yeah, it should be a fun game this week. Yeah, it's it's really, it's an exciting situation to be in because obviously as much as, you know, having those quote unquote gimme games is a positive for just adding another W to the list. Like it's, it's nice to have other teams improving. Um, obviously a couple of teams that have brought up the rear in the big 12 more times than we'd probably like to admit. So um, it's, it's cool to see places, you know, continuing to improve and improve in a big way. Like this isn't just a team that's, Oh, they've, they've squeaked a couple out. They figured it out somehow. Like they're playing good. They're playing entertaining football And so much of it is due to Jalen Daniels. Like when you look at someone like that, it's just, it's hard not to, you know, enjoy watching, be impressed. It's really just a fun team to watch. It's a fun style to, to watch be played. Yeah. And for for Jalen Daniels, like I remember seeing him in 2020 and his stats weren't very good because at that time they were still one of the worst teams in the country but I saw him and I felt like I saw some potential from him you know my my QB uh evaluating skills <laughs> and then but then last year they started uh, a different guy Bean they started Bean Jason Bean against us and I was kind of I was kind of wondering like okay well why isn't this other guy starting um like why is Bean starting over Daniels and Iowa State obviously like, destroyed Kansas last year and you know, Kansas offense really struggled, but then at the end of the year, they switched back to Jalen Daniels, and he started. They had started to have some success, and then obviously this year he's made an even bigger jump. So, you now I, I feel I feel like I've been ahead of the curve on the Jalen Daniels uh, bandwagon, but yeah, he's a obviously a really good dual threat player, can run it, and you know, can throw it too. Because you know. J- being last year for them when they played Iowa State, you know, he was a threat to run the ball, but there was really no threat of them throwing the ball accurately down the field. So now that they have both, it's obviously you're seeing that it's giving a lot of teams trouble with their offense. I, I don't know if they're still the highest scoring team in the country or not. I don't, they were for a while. I don't know yeah. if they still are, but um, they, yeah, they're right up there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it well, it's really interesting because like we said, not only is it a, a team that's doing really well, it's a team that's been really exciting to watch. And so for a school like Kansas, uh, they're they're not a school that struggles to support their athletics programs. There's just been not a whole lot to rally around for football in recent years. And so all of a sudden you have this resurgence, your selling out last weekend's game you're I mean I have to assume this weekend will be sold out even easier and you're looking at I believe it's their homecoming you know it's just this kind of 
perfect storm for a really crazy, crazy environment there. Yeah, I mean, I didn't get to watch their game this past week because it was the same time as the Iowa State game, and we were obviously both at the Iowa State game. But just from the highlights I saw, it looked like it was a good atmosphere there, and you know, obviously it was sold out. That I saw that on social media, so I'm assuming it was packed. And I would guess that it would be this week as well, unless I don't know, unless maybe Duke is a bigger draw for them for some reason because of the basketball thing. But I would think that for like homecoming and it being a conference game, you would mm-hmm. think that this game would be just as important or if not bigger than the one last week, especially now that you're 4-0 instead of 3-0. So, I don't know, I would, just, I would expect it to be a sellout again, I would think. So, it should be a really fun game. And I I feel like it's a lot more fun to play in front of sellouts. Mm-hmm. Like Even as a road team, you you want to play in front of the big crowds even more than playing just in front of an empty stadium. Yeah, I mean, even if, exactly, like, even if they're cheering against you, like, you get the energy, you get the cheering, because, I mean, from what I've heard and what I assume, like, you would know better than me, but I know people talk about, like, how cool it is to play in the fog, even if it's a little bit difficult, even if it's, you know, it's an intimidating situation, but if you have the right mindset and you have the right attitude, like, there's a lot that you can draw from that as even an opposing player yeah like um when i was on the team we never won at kansas but we came close one year but like winning we won at texas tech the year that they made it to the national championship game we gave them their only home loss of the year and like that's the stuff like those are the games that you remember and have the most like those are the most fun games those are the ones that you remember when look when you're looking back on your career so hopefully it's a really a really fun environment a packed house a loud house because that's what makes it fun yeah, I mean, you've, you've got to have high stakes in order to have the biggest reward. And so it's it's something that very few people would have predicted going into this year. But all of a sudden you're going into Lawrence and it's a high stakes game. And so it's it's cool. You know, there's there's a lot of rivalry between different fan bases and things like that. But I mean, I've gotten to know so many people just through the network and through Twitter and stuff like that. So I choose to look at like the positives of hey we've been there we've been in 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 tough spots as a football program so to see other people getting to enjoy uh the the same kind of success and just the feelings of kind of surprise and all of a sudden nationally you're getting recognized and stuff like that like it's really cool I hope we get to spoil it a little bit this weekend but like you said I think it would be an absolute crime if just because they were robbed this week um, and if we pull this one out this coming weekend if they go without being ranked after that start like yeah just a a, a total crime but as, as Iowa State fans we we kind of know their feelings right now. We kind of went through it a few years ago where you start to realize like, we might actually be good. Like, yeah. Like th- I think like, we this found isn't our a fluke, guy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, I think we found our guy. So yeah, it's, it's fun for them because we kind of know how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. You can certainly relate. And so then, you know, it'll, it'll have that little bit of animosity there, but at the, at the end of the day, like you can look at it and say, okay, we, we both 
get it. So yeah, for, you know, it's it's fun. It's fun until they beat you. Then it's yeah. not quite as fun anymore. And it's like I don't want you ranked. I don't <laughs> yeah, want I'd you rather, to win another game. This was always yeah, a fluke. If, if you lose, and you're like, actually, I'd rather have you just be zero or one and eleven or whatever. Again. Like we want to be the exception to the good season, not yeah. a, not the other way. So, all right. Well, for Iowa State to be that one to to kind of spoil their streak so far into the season what what do we need to change like things that need to improve obviously but even like stylistically focuses like what are we gonna have to think about and do differently this week I mean it's it's odd because you look back like at the Baylor game and you only give up 2.9 2.9 yards per carry. I mean, they're r- top running backs. They have, they're both under four yards a carry. So it's not like your defense was that bad at stopping the run. But, you know, that you get sucked in with the play action pass a few times, give up a few, you know, big plays on you know, play action. They get a few touchdowns on that. And so this week, I don't know. It's, I don't know if it's any one thing in particular. Just Kansas, we've seen that they can both run the ball and pass the ball. So just being able to slow down their offense, you know, hopefully slow them down just a little bit because I do feel like, I mean, even just trying to take my bias out of it, I do feel like Iowa State will probably be the best defense that they have faced this Mm -hmm. year, even after, you know, Iowa State did have a few struggles last week against Baylor. But I do think Iowa State will be the toughest defense that they'll face. And so I'm sure that uh, John Haycock will have some things up his sleeve to stop the offense and, no, I'm. There's a reason why I'm not a paid, you know, power five defensive coordinator. I don't know exactly how you stop their offense, and to be honest, nobody has really figured out how to stop their offense so far this year. But I'm sure uh, Coach Haycock will be able to um, find a few things and maybe slow them down. And you know, on the offensive side, they've given up a bunch of yards to opposing quarterbacks. So I would expect Hunter Deckers to maybe have a big day and. No, I think back to last year, you win 59 to 7. And so to come into this year, if Kansas was able to turn all that around in one year, flip it around and beat Iowa State, that would be a really remarkable achievement for them. So you, I mean, I don't know. It just feels like it's hard, just really hard to get out of your mind the fact that how badly Iowa State began last year and to think that you would have the advantage up front. But I know seeing what they've done this year, maybe that's not the case, but if, I don't know, I just feel like if Iowa State can perform well up front and do the things that they're capable of, then they can possibly win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's certainly, it, it, it's really difficult to kind of set your mind aside from just the historical. And like you said, even very recent experience with Kansas to kind of look at the new team, because frankly, it's not a fully new team. There's plenty of people who are back from last year. And so um, it's really tough, but you, yeah, it, you, there's a lot of things you can look at and convince yourself that Iowa state has an advantage. And I say convince yourself because in the end, like it, it's all subjective, but I, I have a hard time disagreeing with the fact that Iowa state seems to be a better defense than they faced. I think you're very much correct about that. Um, you, you can be forgiven for having some defensive lapses against a team like 
Baylor, you know, it's a really talented, really disciplined team. We've, we've said that a million times, but um, obviously Jalen Daniels is, is a really talented, going to be a really difficult person to face as well. But um, I think maybe a couple fewer weapons to be concerned about um, and the obvious just kind of reiteration of focus on discipline on Iowa State's end. You know, you can point at so many things that ultimately you've you've got to be able to shore up. You know, you can't put yourself in the position of being called for flags, even if it's close. You know, it's it's tough to say like, well, you know, maybe that w- that shouldn't have been a flag, but you have to do things even better um, just to be sure because, hey, Bo, we can't afford to play a game without you again, you know, stuff like that. Um, and then on the other side of the ball, like you feel like Kansas doesn't have – their defense is not as good as their offense. Like I don't think that that's a controversial statement to make. And so if Iowa State can maybe get some things rolling, if Deckers can work on making maybe a little bit better decisions, can maybe get a little bit more time to make his throws, um, you know, if, if people can just find those open spaces, like you, you hope that you maintain that advantage that you had from last year. Obviously, it's going to be slimmed down considerably, but gosh, you, I mean, Iowa State opened up as I believe a three and a half point favorite at a lot of the books and yeah, it very well could swing the other way just because of the money the public's going to put on it. I was just, you know, part of a conversation talking about that, but if you look at that and you think, okay, Vegas is usually at least somewhere in the ballpark. Like, yeah, it's, it's probably got the potential for a pretty close game. Um, but it's certainly not one that's out of reach for Iowa State. It's not one where you look at it and say more than likely they don't have to play a perfect game to win, but you have to play well. Yeah. And you think about Baylor, maybe has the best offensive line in the country and mm-hmm. or not in the country or maybe in the country, but in the conference and maybe one of the best defensive lines in the conference as well, if not the best defensive line in the conference. So coming off of that, you know, you'd think that Kansas would maybe be a little bit easier. So, you know, if they're able to take advantage of that and, you know, maybe things come a little easier this week than last week, and maybe the running game and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, you, you gotta be able to learn something from a game. Like if you don't win the game, at least take something away from it that can maybe help you win later down the road. And so when you're facing a team like Baylor, who's that talented, when you face, like you said, great lines on both sides of the ball, like you still made some decent plays despite the line. And so now all of a sudden you've kind of honed your skills. You've had to, change your mindset a little bit for those really, really high level players. So maybe when you're facing someone who is a step down in some capacity, maybe you can get one more play or, you know, one more good thing out of any given situation that you wouldn't have got had you not faced Baylor and figured stuff out there. So certainly very interesting um, to say the least. Like it's a, it's a weird back-to-back where in, Historically, it would be, okay, top of the conference, bottom of the conference. Now it's just really, really Unknown. good versus you just don't really know, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's... I mean, I feel like 
any team, well, maybe not any team, but well, there's a good chunk of teams in the conference where you could see them competing for the top of the league, or you could see them somehow finishing at the bottom of the league. So mm-hmm. who knows? Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's still a lot of unknowns and it kind of stays that way the entire season, but especially when you're going into week two, you can try to maybe make some determination or week, obviously five second big 12 game. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's tough. Like you think that you should be able to make conclusions, but not, not really. I don't know. I still don't, I never know anything. I, I convince myself I do. And then we play a game and I'm like, Oh, I didn't really see that happening, but I don't know. I feel good. I think there's, it'll be a good game. I do think it'll be a good game no matter what. Yeah. I mean, if it should be a fun game. I expect both teams to be able to score some points. So it should be fun. Yeah. And I mean, usually what I would do here is go into kind of advantages, disadvantages. We literally just did that. So yeah. uh, probably going to, I mean, potentially an offensive battle, you know, when you just look at the, the strengths of each respective team and the weaknesses of each respective team. Like you've got a really, really good quarterback in Jalen Daniels. You've got a pretty solid offense at Iowa state. And then you've got a Kansas defense that, like I said, a little bit behind their offense and then Iowa state's defense. I I would like to think has the edge there, but when you've got a quarterback that solid, it's, I mean, they're going to, they're going to score some points on you more than likely. So probably not basically the opposite. It's the opposite of the Iowa game where you're kind of expecting just a grind. Thank goodness. Never again. (laughs) Yeah. So hopefully this one will be a little more fun to watch. A few more highlights. That that should be the tagline. The tagline. The opposite of the Iowa game. Everyone Uh, will tune in. (laughs) Yeah. I know it'll get me. Okay. Well, that's that's enough of that. I don't have anything else intelligent to say. Um, I don't know if you have any last points you want to make on this this Iowa State Kansas game we've got coming up this weekend, Eric. No, I just I'm I'm excited for. I think we'll. I mean, we're four games in, but I still think we have a lot to learn about both mm-hmm. Iowa State and even the rest of the conference too. Yeah. So I think that just every week the picture will get clearer and clearer, and so I'm excited to see how what it looks like after this week. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that five weeks definitely there's there's a lot of things that you can start kind of figuring out a little bit there and especially Iowa State you know you've got some real young players that look like maybe they're starting to figure it out and so if they continue to look that way this weekend you can start getting maybe a little more optimistic for the rest of the season it's it's not a bad spot to be in for Iowa State considering what was expected of them coming into the year yeah I mean even just looking at the conference I mean one and oh is Kansas Baylor, K State, Texas Tech. Who had that? And I mean, oh and one, Iowa State, Oklahoma, Texas, West Virginia. I mean, just who knows what's going to happen. We could record so. a whole another episode on that, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, before we go this week, I want to give a couple shout outs to former guests of the podcast. Obviously, season one was a different format. Uh, had people on for interviews after Eric was called away to rejoin the men's basketball team. I won't hold it against them, though. But a couple really big weekends here for former guests. Allison Lacey Otzelberger was inducted into Iowa State's Hall of Fame. Obviously, a women's basketball great and now married to head men's basketball coach TJ Otzelberger. So a cyclone through and through. Uh, Her episode was a blast just to get a little bit more perspective on her relationship to the university, what it was like coming over here from Australia. Um, And then another 
women's basketball great, another foreign transplant. Bridget Carlton this weekend um, had a really terrific drop, 19 points versus the Olympic silver medalist of Japan um, with her Team Canada at the FIBA World Cup. They have already clinched a quarterfinal berth. They are 3-0 and so far. They still have a couple of games in pool play before they even get to the quarterfinals, but being 3-0, and they have clinched that spot already. So uh, super, super fun to watch them play. Obviously, no Bridget quite, quite well as well. We overlapped for several years at Iowa State, and her episode was really cool too because, you know, she – uh, it was prior to her season with the Minnesota Lynx, obviously a tough one for them, but her perspective is just so great, you know, to come from a fairly small town in Canada, come down to the U.S., play college basketball, and then to have the opportunities as a professional. Um, they Both of them just have incredible perspective. They have a great, great love for basketball, for um, Iowa State. And so I'll make sure that I post those on Twitter. Um, but obviously, if you found this podcast, you can probably find those past episodes as well. So huge, huge shout out to them. Um, loved having them on the show and so excited to see them do great things. I have I have heard really good feedback that people really enjoyed those interview episodes. So I'm looking into how to work it into my schedule to get some more of those going here pretty soon. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I'll put out a call for requests once I get it figured out how to uh, schedule that because uh, people had really great ideas of who I could get on here. I obviously still have a connection here too. So I definitely want to get back to putting out one of those once in a while. So, all right, guys, that is, that's all I've got. I say all I've got, this is maybe our longest episode yet, but uh, you know, you'll, you'll forgive me. Hopefully some of it is is decent content but uh, as always you can find us on twitter i am at j styes j-s-t-e-y-z everywhere eric uh is still at eric steyer eric you've got to start putting some of those takes out there if you're gonna say you were an early adopter on Jalen daniels like you could if you had a tweet you could pull up and be i mean it'd be well, i never tweeted about it i, I know just... that's what i'm saying so you've got to oh, you got to yeah. start throwing some of those takes out there my dude like you got to have okay. the receipts yeah I'll, 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 I'll pressure you on it more. Uh, <laughs> you can also find the podcast at Cyclone Fam Pod. Follow the 1012 Network at 1012 Network. All that fun stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be back next week to hopefully recap a win and look ahead to Farmageddon. Uh, this has been Jamie Steyer Johnson alongside Eric Steyer on the Cyclone Family Podcast. And we are part of the 1012 Network now on Sports Drink. We will be back next week. Talk to you then. Thanks, guys.